Kenny told um, everybody Sunday, you know, just a little bit about Give Kids the World and our trip and everything. So I thought I'd just, you know, add to the story a little bit. Um, so serving at Give Kids the World was amazing. And just seeing the way organizations come together to give these kids, you know, a dream trip, you know, when they're facing such a hard battle and things like that. It was just incredible. And, like, I've never been a busboy before, but I loved every minute of it. It was hard work, but it was so good. Um, and that was my job in the kitchen. And the tables were this high. So I was doing this the whole time, and so, you know, I was like, ooh. Um, But anyway, and then so after that, myself, my husband, nor my children had ever been to Disney World, and everybody thinks I'm the worst parent in the whole entire world, which really my parents are, (laughs) because I didn't know what I was missing. And so we took our girls to... um, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, okay? So the second day we went to Animal Kingdom and we rode this ride like 10 times in a row because everybody else was watching a show and there was no line. So I was like, oh, this is fun, you know. I mean, I hadn't been to Six Flags in a long time either, so I just wasn't thinking, you know. And so we rode this ride over and over and over, like the park was closing and we're still riding the ride. And so the next day I could barely walk my back was hurting so bad I was like I was like this and I was like oh god like I couldn't bend or stand it was terrible so I had to go to the chiropractor I had to like I sit do biofreeze it was I was 85 this week so the week started in you know it was time to go home we left I was like oh and so I'm on the way home I'm cruising along. I'm not in the big group in front of me of tons of cars. I'm not in the big group behind me, tons of cars. I'm just in my own little zone, just cruising right along without my cruise on. So I was going too fast. And so I got pulled over and got a ticket. So it was great. Great, great, great. And Joe, I had made fun of him because we had two cars there. So he was way behind. I was like, try to keep up. (laughs) You know, all that. And so he was like miles behind me. Well, by the time the whole being pulled over debacle was over, Joe had passed me. And he called me on my cell phone. He said, Mabel, that's what he calls me, that better not have been you pulled over. I was like, it it was. (laughs) So that was my week, and my back feels a little bit better, but it still hurts. So if I'm wobbling, that's why. But um, so we're going to continue tonight in the um, Made New in the Crushing series. And I know you've all heard the song, New Wine, and how like that just, I feel like even the band has just been renewed in our hearts by that because. So many times when we all go through things, like the kids, you know, give kids the world, they're facing such hard things, not just them, though, like the whole family. Like, when we go through something, it doesn't just affect us. You know, it's like it affects everybody who is around you. It's a ripple effect. And there are so many things that each of us go through that are different, but we all go through things, so that links us together. And we're here to encourage each other. And we're not here to, you know, just get filled up for ourselves, you know, and just get filled up and filled up and filled up and just, you know, and then go live our happy lives or whatever and try to deal with everything on our own. We're here to be filled up and encourage each other and build relationships so that when we're out there pouring out what God has given us onto other people, we are strengthened by those that we are in community with here. 
So it's just like we all work together for one common goal, and that is to glorify God with the life that he's given us. And so that's why I love this series, and that's I love the series on Sunday, Kairos. Kenny was talking Sunday about love and how um, love is, you know, in the urgency of the gospel, when our hearts are transformed, we feel that urgency because the love that that God has for the world is indwelling in us because of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, the, the passage that I'm going to read to you guys, just it just flows so good. Like the two series are so closely connected. And Kayla, I was just telling Kayla, you know, my thoughts about that. And she said, you know, it's really cool that all of Scripture is connected like that. It's like a web, you know, Christ is the center and everything else springs out from that. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, all the way to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. And we are just so blessed to know the truth. So don't keep the truth to yourself. We're obligated by God's word to share it with the world. But um, the very first verse, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because nobody wants to hear all that. But I I do want to say the very beginning of Galatians chapter 5, Paul is like, talking to the churches. It's a letter, and it's to all the churches in Galatia because they were following Christ. And then something infiltrated them, and they kind of turned back to trying to obey every law. Those traditions became greater than the truth that they knew, and that still happens today. And so it's so important to be grounded in God's Word so that if somebody says something that's not right, you know it, and you're not deceived. So they were being deceived. They were new in the faith and had been going strong. And Paul is like, what has happened to you? Christ came to give you freedom. Freedom. So live in that freedom. Don't be free and happy about it and then pick up everything, all that garbage, and start dragging it behind you again. That stuff doesn't matter because you can't get it right. And so that's kind of where he is. He says in the very first verse, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free. So that tells me right there, right off the bat, that even if you're following Christ, you can go backwards and pick up all that mess and bring it with you. And that is where we're supposed to lay aside those weights that hold us back. And everybody can fall into that, just different things that we go through. A loss of your job, you know, um, a death of a loved one, a sickness, a disease, pain. People who have chronic pain, that's all they can think about because they feel it all the time. Just with my back hurting for two days, that's that's all I could talk about. I was like, y'all, my back hurts. And they're like, we know. You've told us ten times. I'm like, okay, well, it still hurts and I have to say it, you know. So... Everybody goes through things that is so consuming to our minds. And you can't push it aside and act like it's not there. But that is where our dependence on Christ and our, our, our belief in, in the faithfulness of God and our community that I was talking about, us being linked together and encouraging each other. No, I, nobody in this room could take away the pain, but, you know, just things like that. Like we can't depend on each other to fix it, but we can encourage each other and know that God has our situations every day. 
no matter what we're facing. Um, Then he starts talking about love. And he says, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. He says, who has held you back from following the truth? There are so many people that can come into our lives, not just situations, not just a death or a sickness or something like that. People can come into our lives. People do come into our lives that change the trajectory of our path. The voices that we listen to and if we are constantly listening to negativity, if we are constantly listening to gossip, somebody tearing somebody down, if, you're, if somebody is jealous to the point of envy, to the point of backbiting somebody, and that happens every day. And it can be something that I would never think of, but somebody else, it's all they can think of. Or I may think of something that nobody else would. It, it's all up here. And, and our enemy, Satan, knows that. If we are distracted and consumed with ourselves, our desires, our jealousy, our problems, our, what we want, our jobs, our careers, our school, everything is so consuming and we're so busy all the time, we can easily take our eyes off of Christ. It can happen that quick. The people you surround yourself with will be the mindset that you carry if that's all you're hearing. It's true. Birds of a feather flock together. I mean, that's the truth. And somebody that is constantly tearing you or others down, you need to, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. But I'm, I can't let you be a voice of influence in my life. That's just even anybody in your life. I'll stop right there. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So the, the passage that I do want to read, though, starts in verse 13. And I was going to just focus on the first part of the chapter about the freedom and all that. And it, it's so good, but the second part is so good too. I do not want us to overlook this, so I really want to focus on it. Verse 13 says, he's talking to Christians, so to us. The letter is to us in our life. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Okay, here's the thing. When you're in pursuit of Christ and you've surrendered your life and and you have said, I'm going to follow Jesus and you follow through in believer's baptism and you've taken that first step of obedience and here you go, you're, you're on your way. Knowing that God's got you and all that can easily... If you are not growing in your faith and leaning on God and thinking, I've got this because I'm going to heaven and blah, 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 you can so easily justify everything you do that you want to do because you know that nothing can snatch you out of God's hand. When we do that, we have completely turned away from everything that the cross did for us. We, in our attempt to be more free, we're, we're making ourselves more in bondage. We're taking up those weights again, and it's weighing us down. And so um, he says, 
But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And I have heard Kenny say from up here, when he is going through a really hard struggle or he's down or he's focused on issues that he's having and all this, if he can help somebody, it shifts the focus from what he's got on his mind or heart and puts it toward other people. And that's, that's exactly what this says. Um, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And that is not just doing something for somebody. We are here to be poured out like a vessel, pouring out until we are empty. Like how in sports, you know, they say, leave it all out on the field. Don't walk out of this game with any regrets. When you're in a race, you run your heart out and you don't stop unless your heart stops beating. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why it's compared to a race because it's long, it's hard, and you're exhausted sometimes and you don't want to do it sometimes, but you do it because you're running for something. Not, it's not, and it's not ourself. It's for Christ, for God's glory, for the world to see him and not us. And that in itself is a gift because if it was about us, we would turn everybody away because we are so imperfect. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I started thinking about that and, you know, how we throw the word love around all the time. I love you, I love you, you know, and you love your boyfriend and your girlfriend until they stop loving you, then you don't love them anymore. But, um, and you love your friend until they do something bad to you or whatever. I, this, this love is an action word. Love your neighbor. Take care of each other. Be good to one another. Not, it doesn't say love each other. It says love your neighbor, which includes people that are different from you, from different parts of the world than you, that act different than you. They may act like crazy people, but, but there's no exceptions. It doesn't say except the people you don't want to be around. We are called to reach out, and I know that everybody is divided on certain things about different people, but Scripture makes no exceptions, and you can't argue with that. So we're called to love everybody. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. You know what that's saying? We're capable of destroying one another with our words and our actions and our indifference. Indifference is worse than hate. That's not caring either way. When, when you are tearing somebody down, you are destroying part of the body of Christ or you're tearing somebody down that God has chosen to be here. Whatever the case, you're in the wrong. So the talking bad about everybody and the finding something wrong with everybody. Could I find something wrong with everybody? Yes. Could y'all find something wrong with me? Please don't try because there's so many things. I'm, but I'm saying if, if we are constantly lifting each other up, you're going to lose some friends if you stop talking about people. I know for a fact. And everybody's not going to like you, but the people that are, are close to you know you. And... 
people who are not close to you will respect you and they'll see a difference in you and they'll know that when it matters, they can come to you. And that's part of being the community of Christ also. We have to look different. We have to love everybody, but we have to look different. Not better. We're not better than anybody because we know the truth. We're obligated to the world to share the truth and to be a light in the dark. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So it really is, you know, on the cartoon with the angel and the devil, you know, you're just being pulled because you're born into this flesh we wear. Even our hearts are deceitful above all things. You know, everybody says, let your heart guide you. Follow your heart. No, do not follow your heart. You will marry the wrong person. You will date the wrong person. You will go to places you don't need to be because you'll think it's meant to be and all this stuff, and you'll start justifying every move you make. If you have to try to figure out how you can make it seem okay, you know it's wrong. You already know it's wrong, so don't do it. It is hard. It is it's hard. I know it's hard, but it is worth it. It is so worth it to lead a clean life before the Lord. Because there is heartache waiting around every wrong turn you make. I promise. I promise. Um, so to go on, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So he's saying, if you will let the Spirit guide you, you will be less focused on tradition over truth, trying to get every little thing right because you're not going to get every little thing right. Then you're going to be noticing, well, they're messing up too, and I think they're messing up worse than me. It's not about that. It's just not about that. Lay that aside. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. The Bible is so plain, isn't it? I mean, it just tells it. Sexual immorality, impurity, Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So the other sins like these covers all the ones you're going, well, I don't do any of those. But you know what you do if you do something that you're convicted about. So other sins like these covers that. Let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you know, I was thinking, well, okay, so if you, if you give your heart to Christ, how can it say if you do all that, you're not going to go to heaven, but we're not supposed to obey the letter of the law all the time because we're living by the Spirit. I think that it goes back to something Kenny said Sunday. Um, it's about your heart. And Keith has talked about a couple of weeks ago or last week about fasting. It's about your heart. If your heart hungers for the things of God and you are, you are pursuing Christ with everything inside of you, you are still going to mess up. 
that's just how life is. But you're going to be broken over your sin. Keith has talked about this. You're not going to be okay with doing it. The Holy Spirit is going to say, hey, wake up. Wake up. And he is going to redirect you because before Christ enters us, we've got that heart of stone. We're living for ourselves. We know what we want. It's all about us. And after the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, he transforms you and replaces that heart of stone with a heart of flesh, tender, ready to grow, ready to learn, absorbing the truth. And so... I don't think it's I don't think it's a checklist. I don't think it's a I can't do this, well, I can do this. I, I better not do that because I don't know about that. It's letting the spirit guide you every day. And it's also not just a one-time thing where you go, "Oh, I, I you know, I want to follow Jesus. I've made this decision and this is what I want for my life." And then you find yourself 10 years later going, I don't even know if that was real because you never did anything. You never studied God's Word. You never prayed for God to open the eyes of your heart, to show you what He wanted for you, to show you what, how can my life bring you glory. So if you don't ever nurture that new heart, it's, it's not going to change and grow, and you're not going to see God in a new way. You're not going to be a light to the world. Your light is going to be so dim that you're not even going to be able to know if it's, if it's alive or not. And that's not what Christ went to the cross for either. That's not the freedom that Scripture talks about. The freedom that Scripture talks about, imagine, I heard a story about a guy who was convicted of murder, capital murder, and he was on death row for 30 years. And a lawyer took his case pro bono, no money, and they did a lot of research and all this stuff over like a six-year period, and they realized that he did not do it. And he was set free. Do you think that man goes back to that prison to sit in that cell because he don't know how to live now because he's been in prison for 30 years? No. He, he probably never wants to see the, a jail cell again. He never wants to... Go back there because he knows what it feels like to be in bondage and for somebody that he, did, he, he couldn't pay, he couldn't do anything in return except live in the freedom that they got for him. That's the freedom that Scripture talks about. Leave it behind. If you messed up today, leave it in today and go forward in tomorrow. Trust in God more than you did today. Walk in the freedom that was given to you and learn as much as you can about the God who did that. You're not going to know everything in the beginning. That, your whole life, you'll be learning more and more and more about God. And the more you learn, the more you'll want to know. It's like just more and more and more. And the more he'll open up to you. And it's the most beautiful thing. And we just, we're so casual about it. And I, I hate that because we don't grab on to the magnitude of the miracle that lives within us. So, so 
when you make that decision or when you feel God stir in your heart, it's not, okay, I did that Tuesday, I never have to think about it again. It's a die to yourself every day. There are things that we could all go out and do right now that are not good ideas. You know, you have to let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Like, you can do all those things and be just fine. If you want to follow a law, follow that. But you're not going to be gentle every time. I still work on self-control and patience and loving people and holding on to my joy. You know, um, we talked about how joy is, is our trust and faith in God. That's what sustains our joy. Happiness is circumstantial. But joy never fades, even on the darkest day. It's still deep in there. Hold on to that. Those who, this is, this is my favorite part. This is why I wanted to do the second part of this chapter because of the next two verses. They're so powerful. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. When we go back and pick up that garbage from our past, it is like walking up to that cross and snatching your life back down because it's gone. It's over. That price has been paid. Walk in the freedom that Christ has given us and live in it. Be confident in it, but be, be so humble and just putting all your faith in God. The light does not shine on us. The light is a reflection of Him. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I know that there, all of us in this room have little things about us that are quirky or weird or, you know, oh, I'm just hard-headed, that's how I am. No, that's not how you are. You're holding on to that. You're holding on to it, and you don't have to. We don't think of little things like that being a big deal, but if you're hard-headed and stubborn and have to do things your own way, you're hindering the Spirit from getting you to where you need to be. If you won't come down here and pray because you want everybody to think your life is perfect, first of all, that's crazy. And second of all, nobody in here has a perfect life. Nobody. I'll be the first one in line to say I don't. I'll be the first one up here to admit that I have messed up more times than I've gotten it right today and every day before today. And I struggle with things, and I do things I wish I didn't do. And, you know, I, I, just everything. We all do that. Don't be so prideful and arrogant to think that you can't let anybody see what's beyond the surface. Yes, you can. You're no different than anybody else in here. We're all just a mess, and we're here to admit that so we can lift each other up. In the last verse, 
Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. There are, the, okay, I'm going to just be transparent. I was not going to say this. I didn't even think about it till just now. But this is something that I struggle with personally. So I'm going to let y'all know. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, but my kids are in school. So I'm like, why do I stay at home? That's dumb. Okay. And so I, I'm really busy all the time, though. I don't really know. Anyway, but I think about women that I know that are my age that have careers and full-time jobs and paychecks and new clothes, all those things, you know, that the career brings. And, you know, like, just like, I bet they're so confident and so happy because they have this career and stuff. And I don't have that. And it bothers me a lot of the times. And I have to constantly tell myself, even if I have to break it down in steps, which I won't do that, I'll spare y'all that. But there are things that have happened in my life and in my family in the last five years that I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit has got me where he wants me right now. But like yesterday, I might have been thinking, you know, all these things, you know, and then you're, you feel inferior and insecure, and, well, my laugh is too loud. I think that all the time. It really is, but I don't know how to make it quieter. I try, so I'm, I do work on things, but anyway, and so, um, but, you know, we all have things, like some people get embarrassed if somebody says their name in public, or if they have to speak, or if they have to sing. If I had to sing up here like Kayla does, I would, no, nope, it's not, no, never, never, nope, and so there are, we all have things, okay, that's what I'm saying. So, Let's, let's be more united as a family in here, but don't keep it in here. We don't want what we've got to just stay between us because I feel like we've got a really good thing here because I feel like our leadership here is all about truth. We don't sugarcoat anything. The gospel is laid out. God's word is laid out. It is not wrapped in, you know, sugar and sweetness, it's, it's raw and it's real and it's hard. And we say it's raw and it's real and it's hard. We don't say, oh, just have more faith and you'll be fine. That, that doesn't do anybody any good. But being real does. And I just want us to pray for each other. And when we talk about each other, let it be something good, you know? Because we're all here just for a little bit of time, and then we're gone. And people will remember how you treated them because it matters. It matters more than what you're wearing or what your job is or what your job's not. And, you know, it matters. And so if you are struggling with anything. I mean, from the smallest thing, and you think, that's not even worth praying about. I've thought that before. Like, this is so silly. I've worked this up in my own head. I'm just going to try to forget about it. God says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. He cares about you. He cares about those little things like me not having a job and it bothering me. He cares about where you're going to go to college and why you can't make a decision and why you can't pick a major. 
that's a big deal because you're a big deal. And you're a big deal because Christ died for you. So it's all in that spider web with Christ in the center. Just lay down that mess and walk in your freedom and know that that is God's will. And everything else will fall into place. Everything else will be given to you when it's time. Let me pray and we'll have a time of invitation. And if you want to get somebody and pray with them, maybe you hadn't talked to somebody since camp or, you know, in a while, and you know they're going through something, that's not weird. That's really not weird to pray with somebody. Let's just love on each other and lift each other up. Let me pray. Father, you are so good, and I am not. And I honestly do not deserve to be standing here saying anything. And you know that. But God, we know from your word that that's when you can use us. It's when we realize who we are compared to you. And when we realize that you don't need us, you don't need our help. You've got it. You got this. But you choose to use us in spite of ourselves. And when you transform our hearts and we're made new, the world sees you in that and not us. And just all that is a miracle. It's just a miracle. And your plan is perfect. So I pray that we will all realize that our worth is not tied up in having a job. It's not tied up in what school we go to. It's not tied up in how we look or, you know, if, if, if what we're wearing is just right. Our worth is in you. It's who we are because of you. Thank you for that. Thank you for making a way for us to drop all our weights and all our mess and pursue you in freedom. Thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light and you want to carry us. That in itself is such a gift. And I just thank you for your great love. And I thank you that you incline your ear to us right now. You're listening to hearts in this room. I just thank you for the saving power of Jesus. God who fills us and gives us what we need even when we don't even know what to pray for. The Spirit prays on our behalf. Thank you. Lord, I give you this time right now and I pray for every person in this room, God, and I pray that if anybody is carrying something they need to let go of, that they will just give it to you and walk away from it forever. Thank you so much and I pray that you'll be with us during this time. In your name I pray, amen.